Hello and welcome back to Bad Movie Sunday. I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. We're a podcast that watches bad movies so you don't have to. We roast them. We toast them. And you know we have a lot of fun. Now today I am very excited to jump right into today's movie because I, it's a movie. It is a movie. (laughs) It is indeed a movie. It's now, if if you have listened to, I think it's our last episode, Thunder Force, this movie um, has a lot of similarities to Thunder Force. There is a crab involved in both of the movies. There's, um, yeah, I think that's it. But well, that's a weird coincidence, is it not? It is weird that we ended up doing two mm, crab-themed movies in a row. Um, who knows? Maybe the pattern will continue. Maybe we'll just be bad crab Sunday. (laughs) Crab movie Sunday. Oh my God. I love it. Crab, 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 crabs. No, crab movie Sunday is still the best one. Mm -hmm. We're going to go with that. (laughs) Yeah, well, we can workshop it. But for now, today, this movie is simply irresistible. If none of you have heard of this movie don't you worry, because I have a little summary here from IMDb. So the summary says, A magical crab works wonders for a terrible chef's culinary skills, leading her towards the man of her dreams. Now, if you were as gripped by that summary <laughs> as we are, then buckle in, because this is going to be a wild ride and as always, beware of spoilers, because we are going to go, we're going to dig deep into this movie, because there's a lot that we're going to have to process. There's a lot that we got to talk about in this magical crab movie. Mm-hmm. Um, also, before we ended up, we were sort of going back and forth, figuring out, like, mm, what kind of, you know, this is our fun season, for those of you that don't know. Um, we've done two seasons of this already. This is season three for us. We've done a roasted season, a toasted season. And now this is our have a lot of fun season. So we were like, what is a fun movie that we could talk about for this week? Um, and Amy was sending me a bunch of screenshots for just kind of weird, wacky, wild, all the W words, movies that we could (laughs) choose. And she sent me a screenshot of the IMDb summary of this movie. And from that moment on, fate was sealed. We had to do it because I, like, could not understand (laughs) the summary at all. I don't know. I didn't know what it meant. And I was like, "Mm, that seems like a good sign that we should do that one. (laughs) just makes no sense you know what now that we've actually watched the movie it still like makes the same amount of sense as Mm -hmm. the summary um and we'll get into that but before we do i think everyone who if you're either gonna watch this movie or you're just gonna listen to our thoughts on this movie i think you're gonna need a drink first so as always i do have a little drink recipe to get you through this and afterwards we'll go over our little drinking game if you do want to watch the movie um and if you don't we'll try to yell out drink uh whatever these things happen during our little scene breakdown but we usually forget so uh (laughs) you keep track on your own but ashley i'm so excited for this drink this is because how do we talk about this movie without 
talking about the crab. You yeah. know, the crab is a, a very important, confusing element in this movie. And so, of course, the cocktail that we have today is the Crab Claws cocktail. Mm. Um, and I'm getting this recipe from glutenfreeeasily.com. So if you are, you know, on a gluten-free diet, this is the perfect cocktail for you. There are no um, actual crabs in this cocktail, which was surprisingly hard to find um, when I googled crab cocktail, just hoping <laughs> to find something. Uh, a lot of those, a lot of those recipes did have, you know, some crab legs in them, and this is like the only one that didn't. So you can thank me later. Um, okay, for the crab claws cocktail, what you're gonna need is one cup of vodka one cup of rum, one cup of tequila, one cup grenadine, three cups orange juice, three cups pineapple juice. Um, Super simple. You just mix it all together, chill before serving, if time allows. That's what the recipe says. (laughs) And then serve over ice. And this um, makes 10 cups. So, you know, you can just mess around with the... um, with the portions, but I think, like, no matter if you're you're going to be sharing this recipe or if you're going to be drinking on your own, if you're going to watch this movie, you're going to need all ten cups. Yes, for yourself. In fact, I would not suggest watching this with other people because they are probably <laughs> going to hog all the drink and you are going to need it to get through this. Um, And to go along with that, to make this movie mm, just a little more fun, we have a drinking game. Now, we're going to go back and forth between um, our points, and you can choose your favorites and to drink along to. So my first point, mm, we mentioned there's, as you could probably tell by all the crab talk, there is a crab in this movie. What you don't know is this crab is very horny. (laughs) Drink whenever there's a close-up shot of this very horny crab. (laughs) Okay, this is a good start. Uh, My first one is kind of similar, a little more specific. Um, Just drink whenever the crab pinches someone. Okay. Drink whenever someone cries. Oh, this is good. Okay, this will make sense a little later when we get into the breakdown, but drink whenever someone adjusts their belt. Ooh, that is really good. Actually, I'm kind of injured. I only watched this movie once, but that's kind of an interesting one to have in a drinking game where you don't know what the movie is so that you can check, (laughs) you know, as you're watching before a particular scene happens where they mention touching of the belt. You can see if anyone touches their belt before that in the movie. That would be interesting. My last point is every time you see a paper airplane on screen. Oh, this is good. Uh, My last one is anytime someone breaks something. Could be plates, could be uh, perfume bottles, just, you know, a lot of klutzy people in this movie. So whenever someone breaks something, take a drink. Yeah, they do have a lot of sort of typical, um, this is kind of, well, kind of a rom-com, I guess. (laughs) And they do use a few 
very well used or very uh they use uh, some some archetypes from a lot of other uh romantic comedies um they use the you know stuffy businessman that doesn't believe in love and they do use uh the hot girl is a klutz archetype that shows up in a surprising amount of movies yeah it doesn't really doesn't really have an effect on the plot either it there is you know a point where someone breaks a bunch of plates but it's not her and that's the only time <laughs> that's the only time someone breaking something actually like comes into the plot like i don't know she's she's just a klutz for no reason so yeah, no, every time like, she is she just like bangs her hip on like a table or whatever she's like ouchie and then they move on with the scene anyway it's kind of a weird <laughs> anyway <laughs> So now we're going to get into the movie, break it down scene by scene. This is your last chance to leave and watch the movie if you care about spoilers. But there's really not much to spoil, to be honest, because I, we have already seen this movie. And I don't think either of us really understand it, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> um, um, even now. Yeah, even so, if you do watch the movie, you'll probably still be confused. Um, there's not really much else other than what I've already said in the summary. That is like new information in the story yeah honestly you might as well just stick around and listen to our thoughts about it because we're gonna try to do some splaining here so this movie uh is called simply irresistible i would nickname it horny colin the moon colin horny (laughs) coral horny (laughs) (laughs) you want to take it from the top the crab is messing with my mind (laughs) i would call this movie horny colin the movie (laughs) because <laughs> um, it's just really it's like raunchy without being raunchy at all you know what I mean <laughs> yeah it's it's weird and also I was like going on IMDB to to look for reviews which we'll go over later but it it said it had like a I think like a PG rating for brief sexual innuendos and I was like brief mm. um the whole movie is just like people getting horned up because of this crab um, because because of the the cooking, but also because of the crap. Listen, like when we say we're confused, <laughs> we're, we're very confused. Um, I think before we get into the movie, I do want to go over the cast list. Oh yes, um, just in case you aren't gonna watch this movie, you can picture um, the the actors in this movie. So we have as our lead Amanda, we have Sarah Michelle Geller. Okay, I know. And then as Tom, the love interest, we have Sean Patrick Flannery. A lot of three named people in this movie. <laughs> uh, and then as uh, other side characters, we have Patricia Clarkson as Tom's sec- secretary. We have his girlfriend, soon to be ex girlfriend, as um, Amanda Pete. You know, just a-, a whole bunch of well known actors. That just have never spoken about this movie ever. Uh, except, fun fact, Sarah Michelle Gellar did state that this was one of her least favorite films she ever did. Oh, fun. You know what? I get that. I can see <laughs> yeah. that, Sarah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, you know what? I kind of, if I was an actor, I would understand not, you know, so much talking about this movie. Because I would think I would find it hard to say say much. To find things to say about it. People will be like, oh my god. Hey, Amanda. 
Amanda, Sarah, that's her name in the movie is Amanda. Hey, Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh my God, come here. You're starting in, you're starting in this new uh, movie. Uh, what's it about? And she'd be like, oh, it's about, <laughs> you know, um, love. It's, there's, uh, there's a crab. It, there was like, it's about love. And also a crab makes me, uh, there's a crab that I find. The crab makes me find love but also i'm really just aroused all the time but not because of the crab maybe because of the crab that's i what do you how do you how can you describe what this movie is about we're gonna try our absolute best um so we start off with Mm -hmm. the first scene which is already like so confusing it's already one of the most confusing scenes in this movie which is sarah michelle geller is this chef and she goes to this like farmer's market type place um she lives in new york city or whatever and she she kind of knows everyone at the market except this one dude who is just this weirdo like right out the gate he he's just like appearing beside her disappearing and he's trying to sell her these crabs and there there are a lot of i will admit there are a lot of good quotes in in this scene um at one point he says take my crabs amanda um oh (laughs) so and then he's he's trying to like convince her to buy the crabs and he's like your mother wants you to start living up to your potential and she's like, mm, my mother's dead. And he's like, well, that's no reason to ignore her. So, <laughs> well, and yeah, I love this scene because there is no explanation ever given to the there's no context. There's, you're like, oh, did we miss something before? Was there supposed to be some I don't like this is the first time we're hearing about her dead mom. Like, was there supposed to be some back? No, this is just that's the scene <laughs> is uh, this random creepy guy comes up and gives Sarah Michelle Geller crabs um not in that way you <laughs> nasty listener he keeps trying to sell her crabs um she gives in eventually because I think he said that he knew her dead mom when she was alive or maybe he's a ghost and he knows her dead mom in the afterlife it's real it's never given an explanation Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so he wants to sell her not just one crab, not just the magical crab, um, just this whole bucket of crabs. Um, and guess how much she pays for this bucket of crabs that she doesn't want and doesn't know how to cook? Um, only fifty nine dollars. Um, are you? And then, and then in the next scene, we we're not done talking about this scene, but just to skip forward a a couple minutes in the next scene we find out that her restaurant is on the brink of closing down because they don't have money and it's like yeah dude because you spent like 60 dollars on this bucket of crabs that you don't even know how to cook i gotta say just for the context of this whole movie i'm so mad that they decided to make her pay 59 dollars and not 69 <laughs> like you guys were so close you were so close to the funny number and you didn't do it they didn't do it and and i mean like there are so many sexual in- innuendos already in this movie like what's one more or should i say what's 69 more like oh. it <laughs> 
So anyway, back back to the market well, scene. Well, here I, th- I I like yeah like you like uh, you said her restaurant is not doing very well. She runs this restaurant with some old lady friend, a friend of her dead mom's maybe. I don't know. I, I think um, it was her her aunt, her mom's sister, and I think the restaurant was like in their family for like seventy years or something. Literally, who knows? Literally, who knows? Also, it. Like, kind of, they have it, they say in the movie, they're like, oh my god, like, I don't know why we're doing so badly. Maybe you're doing so badly because the only thing you bought when you were going to get ingredients for your restaurant was a bushel of crabs that you don't know how to cook and, like, a handful of raspberries. And that was it for her whole restaurant. Oh my god, yeah. And then we also find out that there's only like three regulars and they don't even like the food. They come there for like the company and like the food, like they're like mm, straight up this sucks. Um you're lucky we're your friends so you get like some money, but this like sucks. Um anyway, back to the market scene cuz like that's we're not even halfway through this market scene. So she has like a little meet cute with this this like you know straight laced businessman at the at the market and you know what the meet cue is is it like oh they they bump into each other while they're both you know reaching for the same apple or whatever no it's that one of the crabs in fact the magical crabs you know from the 59 dollar bucket of crabs that she just bought yeah so that crab crawls under a table you know just to get away from her because uh, it's like, I know you're not going to cook me right, so I'm just going to run away. So the crab, like, runs under this table, and she, she, you know, with, she already has, like, a bucket of crabs, but she's like, I'm going to chase this one crab that just ran away from me. So she goes under the table, and she, like, reaches for the crab, and she just you know, grabs onto this dude's leg. And then, like, two seconds later, the crab just bites him in the ankle. And he's like, mm, what a silly little, what a silly little mistake. You just grabbed my leg and then your crab bit my ankle. Um, literally, what is going on in this? This is, and if you're like, hmm, this is kind of a, like, weird meet cute. Okay, they're not gonna, no, they, t- they like, super hit it off, and they're flirting this whole scene, like, really hard. He's like, oh my god, your crab can, like, bite my ankle any day. And she's like, no, stop. I- <laughs> and then, okay, and then she tells him that she's a chef, and she tells him, like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, I guess I have to make these $59 crabs because what else would I do with them? And he's like, oh, cool. Like, what are you going to do with it? And then it's like the scene from Mrs. Doubtfire where he's like trying to come up with a name, Mrs. Doubtfire. She's just like looking around for inspiration on like how to cook the crabs. And there's this taxi that has like the word Napoleon on it. And she's like, mm, I'm making something Napoleonic. Um, It should be very insouciant. And I'm like, do you like... Okay, I'm zero for two for that sentence. I don't know what that means. Um, I'm not sure you know how to use those words. I've never heard those words used um, in general, but also in the context of cooking crabs. What? Literally, what does that mean? If if you were at a restaurant and you asked the waiter, hey, like, what's the chef's special today? They're like, mm, he's cooking crabs. 
and he's making something very Napoleonic, and it should be very insouciant. Like, literally, what the fuck does that mean? Like, what, short? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you got short crabs today? Like, mm. Can you do that? Can you just, like, take a noun and just make it an adjective? Adge- like, I got... <laughs> I got my phone in front of me now when we're recording this. Oh, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just, I don't know, this recording today is being very phonic. Like, <laughs> could you just make up words? Like, well, she did. She decided that her, she's, and she mentioned too, it's not just I'm gonna make something Napoleonic. She's gonna, she said, I'm gonna make crab Napoleon, and it's gonna be very Napoleonic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so I was looking that up while I was watching um, to see if that's a real dish. And, like, most of the the results I got on Google related back to this movie. So I think she just kind of invented just a completely new dish that no one's ever heard of. And, and you know, it doesn't really describe anything about it. And then later we do see what the dish is, and it looks it looks a little questionable. Mm-hmm. It looks a little questionable. It's kind of like a piece of cake, but the whole <laughs> cake is just a slab of raw crab. Yeah. <laughs> it's like layered up raw crab with like some bullshit in the middle. I don't, it's, I don't know, dude. It's like a tiramisu of just like crab and some other stuff she just threw together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Somehow, though, the businessman is very into this fake meal that she is describing. He's like, oh, my God, that sounds so good. Um, The businessman is kind of like Barney from How I Met Your Mother, if Barney had no character and was unlikable. (laughs) Because Barney's a great character. This guy only has this sort of I'm only casually into women i don't like people to get too clingy blah 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 that's part of barney but none of the charm so that's like his whole sort of deal this movie is he's like he's got this mm, girlfriend that i'm gonna use that term very lightly in quotations this girl that he's sort of seeing um and he has this rule where he's like mm, i can't let them get past three dates because then oh I, you know they start to catch feelings and grows. He wants to deal with that. <laughs> so he's planning to break up with her over lunch. Um, so when he takes his girlfriend out to lunch later that day, he ends up uh, at Amanda Sarah Michelle Geller's restaurant. Um, and he decides, oh, well, might as well eat here. So, yeah. And, and you know, while we're already on the subject of why the restaurant is not is not getting any customers. Um, in the scene, like half scene right before this, she kind of has to tell all of the regulars, like, hey, we have like literally no money because I spent it on the $60 bucket of crabs. <laughs> and they're like, oh, like, damn, that sucks. And she starts crying and she's crying in front of the restaurant. Uh, and then the businessman, Tom, and his girlfriend stopped by and he's like, hmm, that's interesting. The chef I met in this restaurant is just crying in front of the restaurant. Mm, I bet the food's good. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. They're tears of joy, tears of deliciousness. Do you ever just have like the perfect slice of chocolate cake and you just, oh my God, that single tear rolling down one 
sub, subtle, 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 nice cheek. Yeah, very Napoleonic cheek, mm-hmm, insouciant mm-hmm. cheek. Um, I think that's how she flavors her food. Is she just cries over all the food she has and hasn't bought, and that's how that's how she gets the seasoning. Because you know how like KFC has their secret recipe, eleven yes. herbs and spices. She has just her tears, mm-hmm. you know, to get to get all the flavoring in there. A little salty. I gotta mm-hmm. say, um, but it turns out very well because she ends up making the fake crab dish that she told the <laughs> businessman about um, for him and his girlfriend. Um, it, it, she has a scene though when she's, and I think this is kind of what kicks off the whole movie, is businessman and his quote unquote girlfriend come in, they want to eat it this restaurant because obviously it was so appealing that she was literally having a breakdown outside her <laughs> place um so she's in the back with her sous chef freaking out being like i told this guy i was gonna make this fancy crab napoleon and i do not know what that is or how to make that and the sous chef is like just improvise just make whatever so she starts literally doing whatever with the crab um She's got, like, no clue what she's doing. And I, she kind of, like, makes a wish, sort of, out loud that uh, the businessman's girlfriend would break up with him and that he would really like her food. Um, and then we get this mysterious shot of this one crab that, I guess, escaped being cooked because all of the other ones she used... <laughs> I don't know how much crabs usually cost, but it is implied that she cooked every other crab for this <laughs> one meal. Um, so there's like like a lot of crabs that go into this one little um, <laughs> like cake slice of just raw crab. Um, but one of them escaped and is now on like her spice rack, just hiding. Um, and they got this mysterious zoom in of him with some nah, kind of music. Um, and then like all like her wishes come true. The girlfriend goes berserk out of nowhere and starts smashing plates, being like, "You don't deserve me, businessman!" and storms out of the restaurant. Um, and the businessman e- eats a piece of her uh crab cake, crab. And I, when I say crab cake, it's not a crab cake. It's a cap like a slice. It's literally just a piece of raw crab. It does not look appetizing at all. But he loved it. He's like, oh, my God, this is I am in heaven right now. This is an absolute uh, uh, d- just the best thing I've ever eaten. And now suddenly he's like mad into Sarah Michelle Geller. Can we just take a, a minute to break down this scene? Because. This is maybe, you know, the second most confusing scene that we've that we've seen so far in this movie. So, first of all, the she doesn't even make the crab Napoleon. It just like appears in front of her and she's like, "Oh, interesting. I guess I'll serve this food that literally wasn't there a second ago um to this to this guy that I really like. I don't know if it's poison or what what not. I'm just going to serve it." Um so she does that, and and I maybe you can clarify this for me, Ashley, because the whole movie I was so confused about what the actual effects of of the crab the crab's magic were because I seen 
like different in every scene. So it seemed like kind of like a truth serum, but also in some scenes it seems like a love spell, and then in some scenes it's just like complete 100% aphrodisiac, <laughs> getting everyone horned up. So in this scene it seemed like a like they were under a truth spell or something where she was like, oh. The girlfriend was like, oh, you know what? I actually hate you, and I'm going to leave. And then there was also, like, she just started throwing plates at the other customers. And I don't know if that was, like, the crab or her, but it was like, what possibly, what, what, literally, what is the magic here? Because I'm so confused. Oh, girl, you are not alone in that crab basket there. I, oh, okay, in this scene, it seemed at least I thought in this scene and then it you're right it literally changes every time we see this magic crab I thought it was like a mm, wishing magic because like she's talking before Sarah Michelle Geller is saying like oh my god I can't believe businessman is with perfect girlfriend I wish they would break up and then the next scene perfect girlfriend is like I hate you and then breaks up with businessman um and she's like i wish i could make famous crab food and then crab food (laughs) appears in front of her so i was like oh it's a wishing crab this magic horny crab is going to make all her wishes come true um but there's a scene later in the movie which we'll get to where someone says oh my god i think you have the power to just like whatever you know you eat people get the same mood as you which doesn't make any sense because she there's a lot of scenes where she's making food and she's serving food to people when she's very anxious and freaking out. But all the people just get horny. Yeah. They're not freaking out. So that makes no sense. Their in-universe explanation does not make sense. Um, also, I, the crab, is the crab making these wishes come true or is the crab giving her the power? I... I don't know. Okay, there's a, there's literally no zero, completely not a explanation as to what what how this the magic works. Cause it, there's like the crab obviously, and they keep showing close ups of like his little evil crab face or whatever. <laughs> um, and then uh uh later in the movie, she says something about oh I'm I'm wearing my mother my dead mom's earrings for the first time. Since she died, I guess. Um, maybe the earrings are giving me powers. And then there's like, you know, all these hints to all these different things that could be giving her powers. And I'm like, what? Literally, what? What is going on? And then they don't. They also don't explain how the powers work or what they do. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, whatever is needed in the scene changes from scene to scene. Yeah, I think it does. Because if the power of this food was to just make people very aroused all the time, the girlfriend would not have broken up with businessman. Because she got, like, really irate and angry, which is the opposite of what happens to everyone else in the movie. Yeah. And then another thing they don't explain is that, okay, so that dish just, like, appeared out of thin air and it was magic okay interesting so i'm like oh so all the dishes that appear out of thin air i guess by the crabs doing are just magic but then no just from that point on whenever she cooks something herself it's also magic and i'm like oh okay 
Yeah, the magic system in this movie is not explained even a little bit. So you're just going to have to go off pure vibes, man. You're just going to have to vibe (laughs) with this movie and just kind of take it as it is. Take it as it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... um, the the girlfriend storms out after like trying to kill all the other customers in this restaurant <laughs> by by throwing plate by throwing plates directly at them, um and then Tom the dude is like yeah sorry about that um that was super embarrassing good thing I work at this like high end department store so I can hook you up with some free plates come by anytime she's like okay so she goes in the next scene to the department store and just for no reason at all she knocks over a whole (laughs) shelf of perfume bottles just not explained um and uh kind of around this time or maybe in like a a tiny scene before she's talking to her her sous chef to help her get ready like "Mm, should I wear this when I'm gonna go see this like businessman that I'm into and he's like nah you should wear this blah blah Uh, and then they start talking about they have this like weird like out of nowhere conversation that's just like "Mm, every time a man touches his belt he's thinking about sex he's thinking about nasty things and she's like oh my god don't tell me that I'm gonna be thinking about that forever now and that like literally after that scene we get like just so many so like because she's going over to get her free plates now so she has to leave her restaurant and walk down the street and go into the department store and walk up a couple floors and every man that she comes across there's a very distinct scene of him touching his belt um (laughs) and i don't know why we needed to draw so much attention to this and then she of course um runs into businessman because he works there and they start talking and he uh makes a point of the fact that he doesn't wear a belt okay there's this line in that scene um where she she's like oh she basically she asked him if he wears a belt or not and then he's like so I don't know, like, upset or something about it. He's like, you can't just ask me something so (laughs) ridiculous as to whether or not I wear a belt and then not tell me why you want to know. And I'm like, "Mm, is it really that ridiculous? Like, they were talking about clothes. And then she's like, do you wear a belt? And he's like, no, but why would you ask? And I'm like, bitch, calm down. (laughs) Yeah, he was very, uh, but also, okay, was it just me? That was like, okay, they made a huge big deal about the touching the belt thing. And then he's like, well, I don't even wear a belt. And I was like, oh, so he's asexual. No, that wasn't the case at all. Yeah, no, they, they didn't go there at all. But That would have been the metaphor that would be inferred, right? Yeah, that would have been so much better. And then the whole time she's trying to get him and he's like, mm, actually, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> no, thank you. Please just take your plates and go. By the way, like I just got to mention. Th- OK, this man is like rich. He works at this department store. He can get her whatever plates that she wants. She picks. She's like, mm, I'd like two of this and two of this and two of this. And they're all mismatched. If you could have like your pick 
of these fancy ass plates and she picked the ugliest fucking plates <laughs> and he's paying he's like oh no matter how many plates you want i i got it like don't worry because my girlfriend like mm, almost killed people in your restaurant by throwing plates at them so like don't even worry i'll put it on my tab you know whatever she's like okay i'll take like two of the ugliest and then two of the second <laughs> ugliest and then two of the third ugliest and then just two of the fourth ugliest and he's like you don't want like matching plates like they come in sets and she's like mm, break up the sets because <laughs> i want the fucking ugliest ones but only two of each yeah it's like it, it's got there's oh they show like a couple shots of them they're like um like a like a blue plate that has like a picture of an apple on it like just one apple and it's like mm. it's like <laughs> cursive writing on it that says like mm, delicious and you're like, just pick like a white plate and then okay this is what i don't understand she only picked like eight plates or whatever and then in the second half of the movie her restaurant's doing really well spoiler alert but there's like at least like 20 people in the restaurant like are they all are they all like ha- eating on mismatched Play, do, does no one like tell her like hey like there's four of us at this table and we have four different plates is that a mistake they just like seem to go along with it yeah I give me it's something that you don't really notice when you go to a restaurant that you don't really need to think about the fact that you have the same plate as everyone sitting next to you um, but also, like, you have the same size plate as everyone sitting next to you. <laughs> Imagine if you went to a restaurant and you were like, hey, I'll have the spaghetti bolognese. And then the person was like, oh, my God, yeah, sick. Uh, I'll have one, too, that your your date that you bring next to you. And then that you br- they bring out both of your spaghettis. And you have just, like, this little kitty bowl with pictures <laughs> of SpongeBob on it. And the guy next to you has got this golded, gilded fancy massive plate and you're like "Mm, we ordered the same thing Uh, what is going on here in this moment can you can you say just one more time what they ordered can you just say one more time what the name of that dish is well now i have to say it a different way because apparently i'm getting the (laughs) vibes that that was not the correct way to say it and i am in one word at a time because you did get spaghetti right okay i was i was like 98 for sure percent (laughs) about that one so i'm gonna go ahead and say spaghetti Mm mm-hmm and we're going to stick with that. That's going to be my final buzzed in. That's the final for uh, word one. Okay. Spaghetti. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Thank L- you. Let's, let's move 50%. on to that second word there. Okay. Now, keep in mind that I am Italian. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what if I, if I said it with an accent, would it help if I was like, Bolognese? Well, I'm not sure. Um, now, let's, because I have never ordered it at a restaurant, never, you know, been to Italy. So maybe my pronunciation is the wrong one. But literally everyone I've ever met pronounces it bolognese. Hmm. Now, that's an interesting, <laughs> you bring some interesting points to the table, Amy. Yeah. Thank you, Diane. Um <laughs> So is this, I was coming from, (laughs) 
So I was giving it more of the, here's the weird thing. My background is Italian and Spanish. So I don't know how it's actually supposed to be pronounced. It might be bolognese, but I, do you ever just, okay. Well, you may not because, okay. (laughs) (laughs) How do I explain this? I grew up speaking both English and Spanish and the English, the English, the interesting thing about that is that whenever I learn a new English word, I tend to pronounce it the way that you would pronounce it in Spanish because Spanish is a phonetic language and English is stupid and is not. You can pronounce (laughs) words 50 different ways and they be 50 different words. It's English is really hard to learn. (laughs) Um, So Oh my God. I remember this one time I was studying for uh, EQAO in high school and they were giving us like, mm, you had to learn about like how to figure out the volume of different 3D shapes and stuff. And I was like, sick, you get a cube by this times that time, whatever. And I got to one of the test questions. This wasn't during the test. This was just studying for it. So I was at home and I was trying to figure out, they were like, Here are the dimensions. Figure out the volume of A. And I'm going to spell it for you because you're going to have to pronounce. um, How would you pronounce? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to say it. (laughs) P-Y-L-O-N. P what? A pylon? Okay. Well, that's not what I said. Because I was looking at this sheet of paper in front of me and I was like, hmm... Now, how the hell am I supposed to find the volume of a pylone when I don't know what the hell that is? And so I was looking at this sheet of paper for like 20 minutes and I was like, "Mm, God, you got to I can't even how am I supposed to figure out what I don't even know what this shape is. I was picturing some like big spiky ball of whatever. And I (laughs) called in my Spanish speaking dad um, and I was like, Dad, you got it. What the hell is a pillow? Am I reading this wrong? And my dad was like, hmm, no, I don't know what a pillow is. Um, I called in my also Spanish-speaking brother, and I was like, "Do you gotta? Does anyone here know what a pilone is?" My brother was like, "Why would they ask you how question with a pilone if they're not gonna tell you what a pilone was?" And we were arguing for like, I'm not even exaggerating, like an hour trying to figure out what a pilone was. Um, and then my mom finally comes in the room and she's like, "What is literally going on? You can have a test to study for." And we're like fucking crying being like I don't know I can't I can't do my math question because I don't know what a pylone is and my mom's like pylon <laughs> so um I do have a little bit of a track record of pronouncing things the wrong way you know what pylone sounds like a dish that she would just kind of invent on the spot she was like, yeah, you could have the bolognese or whatever you said. <laughs> or it does sound dumb, actually, now that I'm hearing it out of someone else's mouth. Or you can have the palan. I would recommend the crab palan. It's actually mm-hmm. in season right now. So, um, yeah, you were just you were pronouncing all, all, all of just all of the letters in that word. I, I feel like. Now I'm only on day 500 and something of Duolingo Italian, which sounds impressive. But I I do the same three lessons over and over. Um, 
<laughs> Sometimes Italian is a little bit like French, where you don't you don't really pronounce all of uh, the um, the letters you think you would pronounce. Well, that's like English, because in English, I guess you would have pronounced it Bolognese or Bolognese or whatever, where you don't pronounce the last E. But in Spanish, you would pronounce the last E, because why the actual hell <laughs> is there an E at the end of the word if you're not going to pronounce it? This Just, like, go away. Literally, like, put <laughs> him in the corner of the room, dunce hat on, you don't need to be here. Take him out of the word if he's not supposed to be there. You know what I mean? Hey, get the dunce hat in the shape Bolognese. of a pallone. <laughs> get it out of here. Um, anyway, you can order your spaghetti bolognese. Bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now going to second guess every word I say on this podcast. Mm. Don't worry, I'll catch literally every one of them and make it pronounce them for just everyone to hear again, just oh, in case. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's what I count on you for. <laughs> so, whatever. Girlie gets her plates in the end. Um, and now she decides, because, you know, she and businessman have kind of been hitting it off this whole time. She invites him back to her restaurant to make him uh dinner and he gets there super late and super rude so she really only has time to give him dessert yeah and dessert can i just say because he brings her like a, a bunch of flowers they're like orchids dessert is just this raw batter looking thing and she takes like some of the the flowers off of the stem and she just like puts it into her cooking and she just you know they just kind of have a raw batter um <laughs> with some flower petals in it like mm, you know how sometimes you're oh now okay you can you can correct my now it's we're gonna have a little opposite day you can cor- correct my pronunciation because i don't know how to pronounce this you know when you're watching studio ghibli or studio ghibli movies which yeah, is you're on your own with that one. I say I say them both alternating. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know how you're you're watching, you know, like Howell's Moving Castle or whatever. And you're like, mm, the the little egg and bacon when I watch it, it looks so good. It makes me it makes me hungry a little bit. This is like the opposite. This is or it's like you're watching Ratatouille or something, mm. um, and you're like, oh damn, Remy. Remy, you're coming out, guns blazing with this fucking dish, uh, making me hungry. Um, This is the opposite, literally the opposite, where every single shot of um, one of the dishes that she's cooking, either like midway through cooking it or like being served or being eaten, it is just like the most confusing and unappetizing thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, first we got that just slab of raw crab on a plate (laughs) with some like weird green sauce under it I don't even know literally what sauce is bright lime green it looked toxic it looked (laughs) and now she's like "Mm, come back to my place and I'll make you dessert and you're yeah it's literally if you're like "Mm, that can't be right they can't literally just be having mm, raw dough of question <laughs> dough of what mm, we never find out with just like some <laughs> random flower petals in it yeah that's literally what they had also they, she didn't even need to cook anything because they went to the back of her restaurant and she pulled out 
an entire pie, like an entire <laughs> massive, like the size of your forearm diameter blueberry pie that looked delicious. And it was, there were no pieces cut out of it. It was full. It was done. It was already in the fridge. Just got to heat it up. Um, and then she's like, mm, no, better start cooking. And I'm like, what would you take that pie out for? Yeah. <laughs> you going to eat that delicious pie? She's like, mm, no, she starts making some like random gooey batter. And they never even, they never even finishes cooking it. Never even get to find out what it was supposed to be. They just like keep the heat on um, in more ways than one because, you know, they end up getting, um, you know, very into the moment, very frisque, uh, if you will. I don't even know how to describe this moment to you. It's like they finally kiss after all this, right? And you're like, oh, wow, that's nice. That's sweet. You should probably turn that burner off, though. You don't want your <laughs> restaurant to burn down. But they're totally cool. Um, And then, well, you know what? It kind of makes sense that they, you know, didn't even bother to finish cooking because they are midway through kissing and they just start floating up to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And, and the batter, just like the batter that isn't really in the process of, of cooking, it kind of just like starts smoking. Um, there's just this fog that comes out of it and they float up to the ceiling like in Mary Poppins or something. And he's like freaking out because he's like, um... I'm on the fucking ceiling. And she's like, so what? And she's just like floats down like a fucking witch or something. <laughs> and he's like, um, this girl I just kissed is a fucking witch or something. And she's like, oh my God, why would you even say that I'm a witch or something? And they get into this whole argument because she's acting like a witch, literally a witch. And he's like, are you a witch? And she's like, oh my God, I'm so offended that you called me a witch. Meanwhile, she's acting all witchy and fucking making these these crab ass dishes out of nowhere just appearing in front of her she's like fucking floating to the ceiling she's like "Mm, questionable but i'm not gonna question it and and then he's like are you a witch and she's like oh my god why would you ever ask me that literally what and he i can't he is businessman is the only person this whole movie to ever question that anything weird is going on because <laughs> even after that scene where he literally is like floating on the ceiling like the fucking exorcist or whatever um <laughs> after that like he starts freaking out he's like yo something weird is going on you're a witch or something i don't know what's happening and he like breaks up with her he's like this is not my style man you're real cute but i'm not here to get hexed or whatever <laughs> um but sarah michelle geller's restaurant is now doing super well because her cooking is fantastic all of a sudden people really like that raw slab of crab (laughs) so um not only is her restaurant doing super well but also whenever she feeds anyone anything like she makes these pastries that don't actually look very good it kind of just looks like a little hot dog bun with some jam on it kind of looks like we said the food in this movie doesn't look (laughs) super appetizing but they try their darndest to make it look appetizing with the acting because they put one one subtle finger into their mouth of this delicious little pastry (laughs) and suddenly they're like high as a kite these people honestly i'm kind of i'm is magic kind of like drugs drugs is Mm. magic's kind of like drugs right in this movie yeah yeah yeah. it's it's the gateway drugs um (laughs) 
gets you gets you into other stuff. So yeah, everyone's getting all horned up when they're eating these nasty ass piggy in a blanket looking <laughs> fucking desserts. Uh, meanwhile, our businessman Tom is like scared as fuck of this witchy ass girl who who is uh, still in his life because she comes into his office um at the department store and she's like i need to talk to you and he's like oh my god witch get away from me like i thought i like broke this off and called you a witch um and she's like i'm not a witch and while they're having this argument about whether or not she's a witch which mm, she kind of is um this whole time at the department store tom has had this idea of opening a restaurant so people can like go shopping and then eat or eat and then go shopping. It's going to like bring in a lot of new customers um, at the, you know, department store. So this whole time he's been like kind of arranging the restaurant's opening and he hired this like super esteemed French chef. Uh, who, you know, uh, is like this Michelin star chef. And in this scene, in the middle of their argument, the chef comes in throwing knives. Not throwing knives, throwing (laughs) just regular knives, cooking knives, literally at them. This is like the second scene where someone almost almost gets decapitated by some kind of kitchenware. Um so he just comes in throwing knives at the walls and Tom's like, "Um like what's going on here? Cuz he almost killed me." And he's like, "I quit. These are not my French knives. Uh they cannot be imported in time for the restaurant's opening. So I quit." And he's like, "Dude, you can't quit. The restaurant's going to open in like 2 days." Um meanwhile, Tom's boss is also in the room and uh, the French chef dude storms out and the boss is like, Tom, what you going to do? Because the restaurant's going to open in two days. This was your idea. You have to plan all of this. Um, and and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's like, um, I guess I shouldn't be here anymore. I'm just going to go. And he's like, wait, wait a second. Who's this? Is this the chef you were telling me about? And then he kind of hires her to do the restaurant's opening. And she's like, mm, okay, so now they're kind of stuck together until the restaurant has its official opening where she's just gonna cook everyone the same just nasty ass looking crab food horned up horny horny crab food um at the opening the grand opening of this very illustrious department stores opening (laughs) um i just can't get around that like idea because I thought when he mentioned earlier in the movie he's like yeah I work at a department store but I you know I really just want to open my own restaurant I'm like oh okay that's that's really cool he's got his own goals maybe he's been you know it's like a childhood thing he just like really liked food he loved cooking and he's just doing this department thing to like hold himself over and make some money until he can follow his dreams that's really sweet no his dream is to still work at the department store but to open a fancy restaurant in the middle of the department (laughs) store I just can't picture going into like the bay and being like mm, wow that sofa over there looks so nice how much is this seven hundred dollars mm, wow i love just shopping for um random appliances hey you know what i could go for right now a full three course meal in the middle of the bay <laughs> okay this is true this is true I, but at the same time i do like after just walking up and down the labyrinth that is Ikea. I do like to sit down after and get some of those Swedish meatballs. You know, I just like mm. to 
So maybe maybe he's on to something, but at the same time, I did also think that they were going to be two separate kind of things, not literally just in the department store. Yes, um, I did not realize that he's literally just describing Ikea. Then again, even when you go to <laughs> Ikea, it's like, oh, what do you want? Some meatballs, side of fries, sick. You eat for 10 minutes and then you get up. And, like, it's not like... Mm, you know, sit down, you want a starter, pick some super salad, then you come up with like a just full grilled salmon. And then, oh, sir, what would you like for dessert? It's not like a full sit down restaurant, you know? Yeah, this is true. Also, he did make the mistake of, you know, Ikea has the restaurant like in in the store. So you got to like go through all the furniture and all the toys and whatever mm. and all the little stools and paintings and whatever uh, to get to the restaurant. And on the way, there's potential of being like, mm, maybe I did want to buy a step stool today. Um, <laughs> but he just has the restaurant like right, right on the ground floor. You don't really have to go in the store to get to it. I think there's like a door, an entrance from the street so like I don't think he's really gonna be you know bringing in as many customers as he thinks he is no for businessman being a businessman he's not (laughs) a very good businessman no um so they have this restaurant opening and Sarah Michelle Gellar just like brings this crab that she's not gonna cook just to hang out um (laughs) while she's cooking at the restaurant she also brings the sous chef and they're in this big kitchen uh full of french chefs that are kind of they already have like the menu ready they're just waiting for their instructions and she's like "Mm, i've only worked in a kitchen where it's just me and this other dude like my best friend so i don't know i'm super underqualified for this job um so she gets like anxious really easily and she's just kind of while everyone else is just cooking she's just kind of crying a little bit (laughs) yeah she's just kind of having like an absolute meltdown and of course the uh chefs that are the the helper chefs i don't know what the term is that are working at the restaurant aren't very pleased that this just random girl is coming in and is bossing them around but she's trying her best she's making the food um I I gotta say, I mean, I don't want to dwell on it too much because we've already talked about how just kind of not appetizing the food <laughs> um, is in this movie. When she serves the food to all the people at the restaurant, which is like packed, it's a very fancy restaurant, by the way. Like it is like, like I said, like full three course meal. Everyone is dressed up in literal like gala wear, like full black tie. Um, it's like got that dim candlelit lighting. It's very fancy, very uppity. Um, so do you know what she brings them to like really like mm, please their tastes? Um, God, I can't even get my head around this. You're like, oh, what? Like a like a steak, um, a sirloin steak? No, just like a really fancy like mm, maybe like um chocolate mousse or something. No. Um, her special meal that she brings out to all of these really fancy, really rich customers is a single uncut apple <laughs> on a plate. And well, hang on. Not only that, it's an apple. And then, you know, they have um, forks and knives and they just 
slice into the apple <laughs> with their knife and it just kind of collapses and lets out just a puff of steam um very sexy and also just while we're on the subject while she's having this breakdown in the kitchen she's um crying and she's also stirring this pot and something in this pot and they show us what's in the pot and it's just this i don't even know i don't know literally i don't know what food it was it was this pink slop (laughs) that had the consistency of like candle wax or something it just looked like candle wax and she's like oh my god is my food not good um while she's stirring this candle wax mixture (laughs) in this pot and her tears go in it and it makes it like magical or something it makes it because it looks really oh you know that picture that was circulating uh like m- i don't know mid 2010s there's this picture that was like oh you like mcdonald's food here's what it really looks like and it was like this pink goop of like oh, how yeah. they <laughs> make their chicken nuggets or whatever and it's like it's really just made of pink goop <laughs> um that's what this looked like it looked like a really nasty just pink goop um and when her tears fell in it it turned into mm, still pink goop but just more vibrantly pink and that fixed the meal i guess because she serves she doesn't even serve the goop though she serves the single apple on a plate to everyone which i guess you know really won everyone over um with her magic because everyone loves it so so much that they start crying (laughs) and then she she kind of looks out the window of the door that leads to the kitchen she looks out at everyone crying she's like oh my god they're all crying does that mean my food is not good um and and that's kind of what contributes to her breakdown and then there's this weird they go through these weird phases um the people at the restaurant while they're eating the food so they go through this period of crying just like intense sobbing and then just this period of silence i guess (laughs) because the meal is so good they can't even bring themselves to speak um, and then they just like get get so horned up, like, like so, so unbelievably horned up for each other. Um, it's just so and it's, confusing and bizarre. So confusing, so bizarre, and that's been kind of a theme throughout this whole movie. Is that whenever someone like comes into her restaurant and you know tastes her food, they just get. I mean. When we say horny, I don't think you understand the, I'm talking like, drop it now, we're going to make out in this elevator. I don't care mm. what I'm doing right now. D- swipe all the papers off the desk. This is happening <laughs> now, kind of. Everyone is very intense in this, whenever they taste her food. Um, so businessman as well has been sort of just like sulking this whole time he's like "Mm, my my girlfriend's a witch but but i still love her but she's crazy (laughs) but oh the good times we had and he has this little like memory montage of remembering all their mm, very romantic moments together um and eventually he decides you know what i am in love so he has to like track her down after she leaves the restaurant um he has this thing about paper airplanes that they kind of talk about throughout the movie where he's like yeah i, I kind of want to build the the 
perfect paper airplane to, you know, break the world record or whatever. So while Sarah Michelle Gellar is running, like running out of the restaurant because everyone's crying at her food and she's like, oh, my God, it means they hate it and they hate me. And everyone thinks I'm a witch and not even a good cook. So she's, you know, running out to a cab and he is in his office or whatever, looking out the window and he sees her. Um, running out to the cab and he's like now's the time to build my perfect airplane I hope it works and he builds this like paper airplane and he throws it and he's told her about his his dream of being like a, a world record beater in paper airplanes Um, so he throws it out the window and it just magically just goes into the cab and into the window of the cab and lands on her lap and she's like oh my god it's a sign and she looks out the cab window and she's like oh my god he's looking at me so she gets out and she runs back into the (laughs) department store then there's this this thing that i think is supposed to be romantic it was just also very confusing where um she goes up to the floor where her where his office is and there's just this (laughs) mannequin there with a dress wearing a dress terrifying by the way if you just open the (laughs) elevator doors and there's just a mannequin staring at you and then on the dress is this little post-it note or whatever that says wear me which is you know kind of creepy but um she finds it very romantic I guess and then um she puts on the dress and they earlier in the movie there was this fantasy sequence that was kind of like an old in the style of like an old MGM musical or something from like the 30s or 40s or 50s. Um, just like kind of uh, just this big production. By the way, that is also something that that this movie has in common with Thunder Force is that there was also a oh kind God. of like a dancing dream sequence, fantasy sequence in that too. This is very weird. The weirdest connections, crabs and dream sequences. Um, but there's another fantasy sequence here with her wearing the dress and then they kiss and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, they just kind of like dance off into the night or whatever and they get together and magical ending. There's a line that I think really summarizes this movie, um, which is when the businessman is trying to sort of figure out his feelings towards Sarah Michelle Gellar. um, And he's just kind of going a little crazy. He thinks she's a witch at this point. He like is like forgetting to wear pants because he's so in love whatever that means (laughs) so he just kind of has this line where as he's walking off screen he just goes i have completely lost the plot you know what (laughs) same guy same the plot was it ever there this movie no and then it ends with them floating away again just you know, in case you missed it the first time, by the way, now that the movie's over and we're kind of on the topic of quotes from the movies, let's just go over a couple of quotes because okay. I have some that I that I wrote down. Um, and speaking of floating in the first floating scene afterwards, she's talking to her sous chef and she's kind of describing, you know, the kiss and whatever. And she's like, it, it felt like we were floating. And the sous chef is like, um, you were float like like metaphorically floating, or and she's like Nolan. That's not the point. And it's like mm, that's pretty 
pretty big distinction to make if they were literally floating in the air up to the ceiling or if they were just like feeling you know really romantic with each other it's a pretty big line you know in between those two things i don't think it was like a a difficult question to answer so she was like no it's not the point the point is i think he likes me it's like (laughs) no or is the point um that you literally have superpowers and why are you not more freaked out about this literally it's she doesn't say anything about like how weird it is and he's the only one like you said that's like um are you a fucking witch (laughs) um another just one more quote that i want to mention at the end when they're kind of you know right before their final kiss and dream sequence and whatever um and and he's kind of apologizing for calling her a witch earlier even though she kind of is one. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, just, you know, I just need a second chance. And she says, you're so dense, you might need a fourth and a fifth. And the whole time, can we just talk about the the flirting in this movie? Because her flirting is mostly just insults, but not even like <laughs> playful banter insults, just like straight up insults. Yeah. I... The, I Mm, just I was gonna say the dialogue in this movie is just so awkward the whole time but I don't even know if it's just the dialogue because it's also the dialogue plus the acting plus just like some weird like awkward pauses ever just the whole movie is really awkward yeah the writing is not great in this movie and a lot of the times they're trying to be like flirty and suggestive but then it was just like it was just awkward Uh, no it was not it um it's just such a if i was to give this movie a superlative i think it would be most bizarre movie Um, and that's (laughs) like saying something because we've seen movies on this podcast about like zombie monkeys and toothpaste (laughs) robot men and this is getting that superlative Yeah, it was just, like, really confusing. Most confusing would be a good contender, too. Um, Yeah, I was trying to look up any, just any sort of explanation on IMDb, and there's only one question under the FAQ section of this movie on IMDb. And someone asked, can you explain the crab? (laughs) (laughs) And the answer that's written that's written here is the crab has two plausible explanations one it was simply just an enchanted crab the other being is that it is amanda's mother in a new physical form or in other words reincarnated the angel i guess that means the guy who sells her the crabs the angel was a friend of amanda's mother from up there um still you know even the faqs do not enlighten us as to anything plot wise so you're you're kind of if you do watch this movie you're kind of on your own a little bit uh that was some jk rowling bullshit in there if the crab was supposed to be (laughs) her mom tell us it's her mom in the movie you can't just afterwards be like yeah it was supposed to be her dead mother all along actually what when was that supposed to be inferred? Mm, yeah, I don't... 
maybe because she put on her dead mom's earrings, but that's like literally it. And I think that dude was at the beginning was just lying when he said that he's a friend of her mom's. It's just. But also, like, where did he go? Where did he? This man <laughs> shows up for two seconds at the beginning, gives her a magic crab, and <laughs> leaves. Where did he come from? Uh, is he doing this to other people? Like, I can't tell if he's. I, I okay. I can't tell if he's like a like a jolly Santa type who just wants to like spread love and cheer and grant people's deepest wishes, or whatever. Or if he's more like a Loki, like just there for the pure chaos of everything. <laughs> Because this movie was very chaotic. Yeah. Um. Honestly, could could be either. Um. He could be like an evil figure who's giving her this this just weird horned up crab, <laughs> or it could be her mom looking out for her by giving her an old horned up crab. It either way, it's just so weird and confusing. The idea of the crab being the mom is a little disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Because it feels like, you know how you watch like like Supernatural or like any ghost movie and they're like, oh my God, the ghost is haunting us because like it has unfinished business. I feel, mm, the cra- if the mom was the crab and her whole deal in this movie is to get people mm, very did she die like in the middle of the act mm. or she just like never got to finish so she's just like oh my god I just like if I can't I gotta make sure that everyone else in this movie gets their pleasure their time to shine um because that's what the crab is doing this whole movie is just trying to get people together <laughs> trying to get people making out and everything this is true. This is okay. This is a new possibility. She that that means she's like a very benevolent ghost giving the people what she herself did not succeed in 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 getting. Um it is very strange that she would be so um just, she would if the crab is the mom, there are multiple scenes where where the daughter is getting horned up and the crab is just watching from the show. So it does have a, a very creepy edge to that possibility. It's but then again, there is a creepy edge in every possibility. There really is. <laughs> I didn't even with okay, I, uh, Okay, creepy man at the beginning that gives her the crab. Weird. No explanation for that. Crab, maybe mama? Also no explanation (laughs) given to that. But also just like how they handle the crab this whole movie is like, okay, imagine this, right? You're Sarah Michelle Gellar in this movie. You run a restaurant. You decide to go out to the farmer's market to get mm, one box of raspberries and that's it. (laughs) But you also end up buying $59 worth of crabs and you cook them all into one little cake piece um (laughs) to serve to your crush you keep one presumably to cook later but you never do you keep them on a shelf and i thought at first i was like oh 
the crab escaped and she didn't know that there was one crab on the loose. And that's why, you know, he's just like on the spice rack and just like on a shelf really high up, just kind of watching always. Oh, so <laughs> very creepy. But he is, he's, or she, oh God, this crab is literally watching like everything unfold, like some g- terrifying God figure. Um <laughs> But I, okay, I thought it just escaped on its own. She didn't know it escaped and it was just sort of doing all this behind the scenes. But then at the end, when she moves to the new restaurant, she takes this crab with her, like a little pet or something. And she's like, oh, gotta make sure someone's looking out for me. And I'm like, oh, so you knew about the crab. You knew you just have, you just kept one crab as a pet and it happened to be the one crab that could grant you magical power. What if she cooked him? Which is what you would do if you bought crabs. You would cook it. Yeah, okay, okay. Literally, she takes the crab to the restaurant at the end just to, like, chill with her, just to (laughs) hang out. And she doesn't tell any of the French chefs, like, hey, this is my pet crab. These these chefs see a crab. Maybe they want to boil him alive. Um, She just, like, does not... Just say anything about, like, hey, this is my magical <laughs> crab, um, enchanted crab, and please don't, please don't cook him. She just, like, brings him along and, like, lets him hide in the, in the restaurant, in the kitchen, just to hang out with her. He's also, like, not, he's hiding, like, mm, with some lettuce pieces. Like, that <laughs> looks like an entree, right? <laughs> also, we gotta talk about the fact that she ended up because the ending is very oh my god this whole movie was confusing but the ending was very like kind of left up in the air because the her whole thing literally they, left in the air because they were floating oh my god you're right <laughs> did they ever come down we'll never know mm. it's like a balloon that you get at the carnival and you it slips out of your hand maybe they'll just be up in the stratosphere for the rest of eternity just making out till they pop till oh well <laughs> If you look up on a clear night, you can still see him just doing it up in the sky. God. (laughs) (laughs) But her whole arc throughout this movie is that, you know, there was this restaurant that her mom used to run um, and her mom is now dead. So now she is running the restaurant. It wasn't doing very well. And now because she's a fantastic cook, all of a sudden she's running this restaurant with her aunt slash mom's friend and it's doing really well. And then suddenly at the end of the movie, she gets moved to businessman's restaurant. And now I guess she's working there. So, like, did she give up on the restaurant? Just, like, give everything up for this other businessman's dreams? Like, what about her mom's restaurant? What about the aunt that she's working with? Is the aunt now unemployed? Okay, a lot of questions. Yeah, we, we don't really get, like, a solid ending. And also in terms of her character development, like, she doesn't have to develop at all like in a normal movie because this is obviously not um (laughs) in a normal movie there would be like some kind of arc where she is a bad chef and then maybe something comes into her life um like a magical crab and at some point the crab disappears and she's left with her skills of being a bad chef and so she would have to go and learn actual chef skills so that you know, she can be a good chef even when the crab's not there. 
Um, and then the crab could come back and she'll be like, no, I don't need you because I'm a good chef now. At no point in this movie does she actually learn how to be a good chef without the crab. Um, so she doesn't really have to change in any way. And it's like, okay. So she just is like the same character at the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie, except she just works in a different place, maybe? Good point. Businessman also doesn't really change. I think his arc was supposed to be like, oh, I don't care about women at the beginning because I just want to use them versus at the end. Oh, my God, I'm so in love with Sarah Michelle Gellar. But that like literally wasn't happening. It wasn't like, oh, my God, Sarah Michelle Gellar has taught me that women are people, too. And now I know how to treat people with respect. (laughs) No, he's just like so horned up that he wants to get with her more than three times and that's his that's his whole thing yeah i think there had to be a point where the crab disappears or someone accidentally cooks it and it's no longer in their life and they have to like deal with their own just their own little stuff without the help of the magic or the crab um we do okay we get introduced to this department store chef this french dude that's there for like two scenes um one of which he's just throwing knives at people (laughs) uh and then he he leaves i feel like maybe before he quits because at the beginning a businessman is giving sarah michelle geller a tour of like the new restaurant it's not finished yet but you know they peek inside the kitchen and the the chef dude is there you know just teaching the the other chefs actual skills i feel like if he was more of a, a thing in this movie and he taught her like how to be a good chef that would be good and then like if he if if the um, main dude the business dude tom also learned something but like literally you're right neither of them change really yeah i think we needed like a like a gusto figure Mm. like instead of the mom okay here's the here's where the parallels to ratatouille are really gonna come in because in ratatouille right the whole thing anyone can cook you've got like (laughs) this dead character you know like the mom in this movie but because gusto can actually talk in ratatouille he's like coming back and even though he's not actually there he's still giving remy like tips on how to be more confident as a cook how to advocate for yourself how to actually cook better um you know, versus in this movie, the crab is like, mm, you need a boyfriend. Anyway, you can cook better now. <laughs> like, that, what did that do to her care? You know what I mean? I feel like if maybe the, I, I mean, it would be so cheesy, but really, like, what could be worse for this movie? You might as well add in. <laughs> it's already so cheesy. You might as well just add in, like, um, a kind of ethereal voiceover of the mom's voice whenever you see the crab being like, Sarah Michelle Geller, <laughs> you need to add more rosemary, <laughs> whatever, so that she could cook. Cause her mom was also a cook, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That. I mean, cause all the crab does in this movie is just like stare at them while they're making out, and like <laughs> I guess like do his little magic or whatever. Um. So yeah, but if if we had the mom figures, like kind of like 
a Lion King figure, like, this is your destiny. Um, When she's at her low point, like, I can't be a chef because everyone's crying because of the food I made. Then if the mom came by, like, in, in her dream or in her hallucination or whatever, uh, being like, you can do it. Just don't serve them that slop. Um, She would have, I don't know, like... How do we improve this movie? By the way, okay, we have a new segment this season um, about what we would improve if we were the ones making this movie. And so far, I think we've touched on a lot of different improvements. Uh, Make the food more appetizing to look at. Maybe explain the magic a little more. Maybe Mm -hmm. um, make it, like, actually, like funny and and charming instead of awkward and they didn't really have much chemistry um and now kind of like bring in the mom as a ghost yeah yeah it's almost like you know what the wild thing is is it's Mm -hmm. almost like hard to come up with things to change about this movie because it's so bizarre on its own (laughs) that it's just like literally like scrambling my brain the little horny crab is swindling me out of my mind (laughs) right now oh my god I can't I I can't even tell you what the point of this movie is like how am I supposed to make it better if I don't even know what the point of the movie was like it's just a bunch of hot chefs lusting over their own food for an hour and a half (laughs) oh yeah there's there's no message in this movie because if she did learn how to like cook either from her mom or from the French chef dude or whatever it was, then it would have been like, you know, keep trying, persevere. You might not start off a good chef, but everyone needs to practice, you know, something like that. But there's literally no message other than get horned up, get <laughs> it, get horned as fuck and make some food and get horny like that's literally the whole message like i if you can even call it that of this movie Yo, oh my god okay i have the perfect because i was trying to look up this movie afterwards be like what mm, was that so <laughs> basically this movie was made by a <laughs> well it kind of makes sense now saying it out loud this was made uh by a husband and wife duo which maybe they were like very much in their honeymoon phase and they were like we gotta put some of this raw energy into this movie um wait a second wait a second before you say what you're gonna say this is the third completely absurd connection to thunder force um (gasps) made by um um husband wife duo melissa mccarthy and ben falcone This is so weird, dude. We did not plan this. We did not do any, like, additional research beyond the plot summary. But this is, like, a weird connect. So many weird connections to Thunder Force. What is going on? They have... Oh, my God. Well, okay. (laughs) I want to say this quote from director Mark Tarvlov. Um... Because, I, I mean, I was thinking, like, what is literally the point of this movie? Like you said, it has some weird connections to uh, Thunder Force, weirdly enough. I'm like, <laughs> oh, was one of them, like, was Thunder Force kind of, like, taking inspiration of this? Was there anything? No, there was nothing about that. But I did find this weird quote. <clears throat> so the director says that the conception of the film arose from, <laughs> and I quote, I, you got to tell me what this means. Because, <laughs> 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 quote, 
the intersection of eating and drinking and romance. Part of my interest with the movie was this idea of being able to bend reality. How food and wine actually bends time and space. The whole Einsteinian, like Napoleon, (laughs) I guess he got that here. The whole Einsteinian view of bending time and space based on your position relative to the events that are happening. End quote. Hey, Mark. What are you on, man? What kind of what kind of drug drug of food are you eating? And where can we get some? What was was guzzling those crab cakes? Yeah, literally guzzling them. Just from that one or two sentence quote alone, I could tell that he wrote this movie, um, or had a, a heavy hand in writing this movie. Because what the fuck does that even mean? Doctor Strange, is that you? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, I was literally just going to say, it sounds like you're describing the plot of, like, Multiverse of Madness or yeah. some <laughs> doc- next episode of Doctor Who. What are you on about? <laughs> I do food and understand wine. if Actually, he said, like, you know, wine, when you get drunk, it kind of alters your reality i suppose in a way that you know time isn't the same as it is when you're sober but but what the fuck is he trying but they don't really first of all they don't really it doesn't make sense they don't really have it's not the way that that wine and alcohol works it's not the way that the food in this movie works and what the fuck does that even mean I don't, it's not like he said, oh, I want to to get the feeling of, like, being drunk, where you kind of, it's like this wobbly sort of feeling of, oh, I don't know what time it is. I'm just kind of living in the moment. Um, he didn't say that. He said, food and wine actually bends time and space. <laughs> and that that's a quote. And I don't know what he's talking about. Hey, Mark, um, instead of, like, making us watch that hour and 40-minute movie that we did not understand, maybe you could have explained what you meant to us in that time. Please, like, please explain what that means. Because I, say it one more time, literally what? Food and wine actually bends time and space. And the continuation <laughs> is that, I can't get over the second part of the The whole Einsteinian view of bending time and space based on your position relative to the events that are happening. I can't. Can you, like, understand those words put together? Make they don't go together. They don't make any sense. Those words are not supposed to be next to each other when you're talking about food. (laughs) What? It sounds very... Napoleonic and insouciant of him to say that. <laughs> like whatever the fuck that means. He's literally whatever. just taking like random people in history and being like, oh my god, that was so Marie Antoinette in a view. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, that was Shakespearean almost. Um, literally I have no idea. And in fact, you know how confused we were at the beginning of the movie? Um, double that. 
that's the end that's how that's how confused we were um, <laughs> at the end oh my god yeah i i feel like he tried to show this warping of time and space in these weird little fantasy um sequences where they're dancing around the restaurant but there were only two of those sequences and the rest of the movie was just played like a straight rom-com so it was just really weird back to i don't even know what to think of that quote back to the um improvements that <laughs> you know we we could you say yeah. everything yeah just everything um I feel like he, or just, you know, the writing and directing team that they are, I, I feel like they tried to make this have the same style and humor as, like, kind of those quirky musicals from um, the early days, like, you know, Fred Astaire musicals and, and whatever, and there's, if you scroll a little, a little further on the Wikipedia, there's a whole list of, of commonalities that they have with various Fred Astaire musicals. Um, but it first of all, this movie is too confusing. It doesn't have the charm, I think, that those musicals uh, had. It doesn't have the music. Um, it just <laughs> has these random dance sequences that don't even know what their purpose was. Um, and, and I think they tried to emulate some of the humor from that time period of filmmaking where it's it's humor like, how did you get in here? The door, you know, just kind of <laughs> like that. But that didn't work either because I had this weird like sex in the city type thing where it's like men think about sex this many times a day, like whatever. Uh, it's like that means you're always thinking about sex. It was just a weird combination of all of these other influences that when you mix them together, like she was mixing flowers into that raw batter, it just <laughs> didn't work. No, also, I, f I think the lead girl on Sex and the City did, uh, was supposed to be the lead girl in this movie, but she said, mm, nope, no thanks. Not for me. And then they decided to put on Sarah Michelle Gellar instead. Yeah. OK, so that uh, on IMDb, it did say that I, I think it's Sarah Jessica Parker that yeah. was supposed to be the lead. And then they had to change it because the lead was supposed to be a middle aged actress. Um, but they had to rewrite it to be a 20 year old so that Sarah Michelle Gellar could play her and they could kind of like cash in on the on the Buffy success. But like, what did they need to rewrite? Like. <laughs> like, good point. Don't think they mention her age or anything in this movie. Nothing really needs to get changed because there's nothing to change. The, there is no plot to this movie. It's just a yeah. bunch of chefs eating food and being like, you are one fine slice of pie. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah we are all so confused. Um, also, I, I was looking on IMDb while we're kind of talking about IMDb, and... Apparently now there's like tags that you can, you know, uh, put on on movies and so you can filter them out. Like maybe you're in the mood for like a chef movie or whatever. So so some of the tags that were attached to this movie are, you know, chef, restaurant, magic. Mm -hmm. um, they have female stockinged foot. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, you got it. Say that again. Yeah. Yeah. Female. Yeah. Um, stockinged 
that's the word stalking with an ed at the end uh-huh uh-huh but so i don't remember <laughs> a stocking foot but there must have been one in there wasn't is looking too hard like a girl is wearing stockings and you can see them but also specifically you can see her foot with stockings on it Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is so specific. Yeah, and, and speaking of specific, I got, you know, just some other tags, um, automobile. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they do, they do drive some automobiles in this movie. Um, U.S. car, uh, no German cars here. No, thanks. No, uh, no French cars here. No, no other, just no other cars. We love U.S. cars here. Um, uh, they have, you know, crab, um, mm-hmm. cooking, you know, uh, food. Um, they have hair wrapped in a towel. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Hey, I don't think that even happened in this movie that I can remember. I think I think when they were when she was talking to the sous chef um, about the the belt thing and and getting ready to. Just get her stack of mismatched plates from the dude. I think she like came out of the shower and for two seconds her hair was in a towel. Um, then they have, uh, you know, um, uh, turmoil as another one. Yeah, footsie under the table. So there are a, a lot of, of feet um, tags here they have, you know, mysterious man, which kind of makes it sound like, ooh, like intriguing. But we see him in the first five minutes and he's just that weird dude that that tries to sell her crabs for $59. I think that's who they're referring to. Um, Then, you know, they just have like yelling. Well, you just want <laughs> when you're in the mood for a movie with yelling in it, you just... Just, hey, let's check the, hey, honey, what do you want to watch for? I don't know. Let's just check the yelling tab. <laughs> yeah. Hey, are you in the mood for a movie that, um, where they drive a Chevrolet Caprice? Because this is a movie. It takes up multiple tags, actually. You know, I just washed my hair yesterday, and I really love the feeling of having a soft, soft towel on my head, but I can't wash my hair two days in a row. So I want to, you know, just live vicariously through someone else. Watch a movie with a, a hair, a hair towel on, a towel on the hair. Mm-hmm. This is also that movie. Um. So you know, just like check out the tags and and see if there's anything that interests you about this movie. Although I doubt it. <laughs> well, you know what? If you are a but connoisseur really into footsies <laughs> really into specifically female stalking defeat um <laughs> you are absolutely against any type of car except american ones um and you really like seeing a girl with them um, just a little towel on her head then maybe this is the exact movie for you yeah because i think all other demographics would if they didn't have a bad movie podcast would be just, you know, chased out of the theater by the absurdity of this movie. Do you have any other uh, final thoughts or improvements? Head empty, man. Literally not (sighs) a single thought. (laughs) Me too, after watching that movie. (laughs) 
So now that we've, you know, kind of talked about what we would improve and just kind of shared our confusion overall, I think it's time to see what the internet thinks about this movie. Uh, We have some reviews from IMDb. We have some reviews from Letterboxd. But before we get into them, I do want to say what the um, official IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes scores are for this movie. So IMDb gave this a 5.3 out of 10. And Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 16% from the critics and a 54% from the audience. Not great. (laughs) Can I just say really quickly, I'm going to go over these. Uh, we have one, two, three IMDb reviews here, but I've just switched over to Amy's uh, documents so that I can see the IMDb reviews. And I do want to bring attention <laughs> to I've just seen the list that Amy was talking about, about the um, <laughs> IMDb tags. Who is searching up meat vendor? On <laughs> Maybe, you know, someone just recently turned vegetarian. They're still craving, still craving that meat. Not Um, even I want to eat meat, not meat restaurant, (laughs) meat vendor. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were a a meat vendor in a past life. They want to go back to that simpler time. Yeah, but they can't they can't do it. You know, they have to make money. They have to they they couldn't live in the big city anymore. Rent costs too much. They had to move out out of the city. But they really just want to, you know, uh, you know, get get that vibe back of being a meat vendor. But they can't do it themselves. It's mm-hmm. so sad, honestly. So sad. Well, for any of you that are maybe meat vendors, meat vendors in a past life. Um, or you just want to watch a movie with some meat vendors in it. Here are some people talking about <laughs> Simply Irresistible, the movie for you. <laughs> the first one, oh my god, is a 10 out of 10? And it's by user... Jesus Christ, hang on, let me zoom in. <laughs> Tulkigalitsizaniglam. <laughs> Sounds like you're talking backwards. <laughs> Someone play that backwards, figure out what the secret message was. Um that's the user. And their tagline is one of those guilty pleasures. Honestly, I think this is an awful movie, but I can't help but love it. It has a cheesy plot, unrealistic characters, a bit of magic that adds to the unbelievability, and about everything else that a bad movie has. And yet this is one of my favorite movies to watch when I'm in the mood to watch something fun and light. I'm almost embarrassed to say that I love it. I don't know what it is about this movie that makes it so enjoyable to me. The basic plot, Sarah Michelle Geller is a rather unsuccessful chef who wants to become better and safer family's restaurant. After buying a crab at a local market, her luck begins to change. Suddenly she's able to cook amazing food that is sort of hypnotic and magical. She's offered a job as a head chef at a posh new restaurant by a gorgeous guy who, wouldn't you know it, she ends up falling in love with. Give it a try. Maybe you'll love it too. I think it's the whole food idea that gets me. Now, as I was reading that last sentence in my head, I did think that it said it's the whole food idea that gets me. <laughs> um, not Whole Foods, although it might have been more interesting if this was just about a grocery store, because um, mm-hmm. then they could really have a more of an emphasis on the meat vendor. Oh, yeah. Maybe she is a meat vendor. 
in an oh. alternate universe uh, retelling of Simply Irresistible. Well, in another timeline, perhaps. The next is by user... Oh, my God. <laughs> Sprobin, who gave it a one out of ten, and their tagline is horrible. As the creator of smgfan.com, <laughs> it hurts me to say that this is one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. It's about a magical crab. <laughs> Who the heck greenlighted this trash? In the two months it was playing, it made $4 million with a $6 million budget. And it was playing on 1,500 screens. If that and the magical crab premise don't steer you away from this, God help you. God help us. Oh, I didn't know we had a celebrity giving us uh, uh, reviews today. Creator of SarahMichelleGellerFan.com. <laughs> yeah, that's um, really a testament. If you have a website called SMGFan.com and you hate this movie still, <laughs> it must be a horrible, horrible movie. Horrible, horrible, Dr. Horrible. Uh, the third is <laughs> by user. Do you do this on purpose to me? Just unpronounceable <laughs> usernames. To be honest, I don't ever look at them. Well, this one is by user. Play <laughs> <laughs> that one backwards, too. <laughs> Gave it a one out of ten. And their tagline is, a waste of time for all. Mind you, such harsh words come from the biggest Buffy the Van. Buffy the Van. <laughs> Mind you, such harsh words come from the biggest Buffy fan ever. Although not as big. They don't have a website. Do they have SarahMichelleGellerFan.com? I don't think so. I'd rather miss a bathing than an episode of Buffy. But Sarah, please, why did you agree to participate on a screenplay that would have been better used as loo paper? <laughs> Simply Irresistible is anything but an unfunny, unromantic ball of dog mess. The story, centering around two young, hip New Yorkers falling in love from the help of a magical crab, sounds like it was conceived when some Hollywood executive was juiced on ludes okay and constipated on the toilet the film can't even offer a single interesting moment line of dialogue or original thought i found myself three minutes into the film wishing that sarah's character amanda would lose her noodle get all hot and carnal and just pull off her blouse and skirt spending the rest of the film nude standing in a fountain and singing showtimes to anyone that walked by. <laughs> now that's what I call simply irresistible. And when you think nothing else could go wrong with this mistake, the producers had the gall to have Sarah's hair changed back to her original color, brown. It looks horrible. <laughs> everyone, everyone knows that we want SMG's beautiful and blonde hair by the way God artificially intended her. Well, wow. <laughs> what a train ride. Um, I don't know if this movie would have been more confusing by just letting Sarah Michelle Gellar walk around nude the whole time. Honestly, I think it would have been about the same amount of confusing as it already was. 
Yeah, or walk around blonde um, as the way God artificially intended her. <laughs> we also have some letterbox reviews. We have four today. The first one is by Scone. Um, very nice food-related name. Who gave it three and a half stars out of five. And Scone says, a magic crab? Exclamation point. Teaches Sarah Michelle Geller how to be a better chef? exclamation point and practice food-based witchcraft three <laughs> exclamation points in this accidentally beautiful slice of late 90s magical realism rom-com cheese not a good film not a bad film but a strange product that perhaps defies our very notion of what is a movie and what is not <laughs> i'm going to lie down for a while wow <laughs> You know what? That was surprisingly accurate to how we're feeling right now. Just really, this movie was kind of a ride. Takes a lot out of you. Yeah. Um, second review, also accurate. Uh, it's by Juliana, who gave it half a star. Sarah Michelle Geller, girl, I'll get you out of here. <laughs> Blink three times. Wear a yellow shirt in your next yeah. Instagram Live if you need help. The third review is by Lucy, who gave it two and a half stars. The amount of times she ran her fingers through her hair while she was cooking made me so uneasy. True. Girl. So true. Not a single hairnet was worn this whole movie about chefs. Mm -hmm. No gloves. She was just licking her fingers up. They literally, oh my God, can we just totally forgot about this scene because I blocked it out from my mind. There is a scene when she invites businessman over to have dessert with her where they go to the back of her restaurant where she cooks everything and she's making that gross ass bowl of slime with the flower petals in it. And she like dips her little finger in and it's all like sticky with literally whatever that is and then because her and businessman are getting really into each other there's this really prolonged scene of him taking one of her hands and just licking all of her fingers one by one and then she's like "Mm, I guess I'm really into this and then she licks all of his fingers one by one Mm, do you ever just discover a new phobia nightmare out of absolutely nowhere You know, I think we should let the phrase finger licking good just be a phrase. It doesn't have to be reality. No, and if you are going to lick fingers, preferably they would be your own, you know? Yeah, and preferably, like, you wouldn't be a chef in the middle of cooking something. Um, Lots of, I I feel like these restaurants would get shut down very quickly. (laughs) The last review we have for today is by B-C-E-K-Y, who gave it one and a half stars, and they say, It is shitty rom-com season, and I am here for it, but I am not enjoying it. (laughs) Accurate, sadly. So now that we kind of, you know, went over what the internet thinks, what are we going to rate this movie? Wow, this is tough. Um, Just for reference, IMDb gave it a 5.3 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 16% from the critics and a 54% from the audience. Honestly, um, we don't say this often. (laughs) 
I think that's too high. <laughs> yeah, they were being generous with that one. Uh, I feel like we were going to go in the same direction. So what what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it like a two. <laughs> I mm-hmm. just didn't get it. I don't know what the point of this movie was. Like, it was just some guy in a writer's room being like, mm, I'm kind of hungry because it's lunchtime, but also... My really hot wife is working on this movie with me and I am feeling some feelings and they just put all of that into the writing of this movie and it was very awkward and the final result. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it's weird that we're doing this for our fun season because it was weirdly fun, question mark, maybe to watch only just because you're so confused the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. Um, it was, in a way, fun. At least more fun than some of the movies that we watch on here. Some of them feel like they take five hours to yeah. get through. But this one was surprisingly, at least for me, not like that. Like, it went by pretty quickly. Mostly because I think I was just so confused um, the whole time. I'm going to go similar to you. I think I'm going to give it maybe like a... Like a three, because I didn't regret watching it, and I did not enjoy it when I was watching it. I'm just super confused also. I It's just simply irresistible, mm, entirely resistible, but <laughs> still, I guess, I guess it's, it's still going to get a three for me. Yeah, um, that's... That's really accurate. This movie was just so bizarre. Mm-hmm. That's like all you can say about it. It's just you go into <laughs> yeah. it and you're like, wow, that's a weird summary. I wonder what this movie's about. And you finish it and you're like, mm, never found out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Um, if anyone in our audience has seen this movie, unfortunately, you can always tell us your thoughts about it. Maybe you can enlighten us as to some of the <laughs> questions that we've posed during the course of this podcast because you know we are still incredibly confused uh if you want to you know tell us your thoughts you can always email us at badmoviesundaypodcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on twitter or letterboxd we're at bms podcast or you know if you have any movie recommendations for our fun season um or if you have any like surprisingly weird Movies that just have crabs in them and dream sequences and were written by a um, husband-wife duo. Um, just to add to our little collection we've got going on here, you can always uh, email us some suggestions for those, too. Um, but in the meantime, thank you all for listening. And a big thanks to Kevin McLeod for providing our theme song. The song is Riptide. And you can find it on his website, incompetech.filmmusic.io. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends if you enjoyed this episode. I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. And we will see you next, next week.